This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, August the 31st. We've got plenty coming up after the bank holiday weekend, including fears for the future of businesses if a multi-million pound theme park goes ahead and calls for quicker assessments of ADHD after a Kent mum had to wait years for her teenage daughter to be diagnosed. But first up today, we're going to hear from our reporter who's been at the scene of a ram raid in Larkfield. Police cordoned off the Tesco Express petrol station on London Road after it happened in the early hours of this morning. Leanne Castle was there earlier for the Kent Online podcast. There's plenty of police tape here today. Police have cordoned off the petrol station in London Road where the Tesco store is. It's right next to B&Q and the Larkfield Priory Hotel. It appears there was some kind of ram raid this morning. It's not yet clear if um, anything was taken um, but there is an awful lot of mess on the forecourts where windows and doors were smashed um, and also a lot of damage done to the shop front. There are about three police cars here at the moment with crews going in and out and, and workers from Tesco's are also helping to clear up the mess. Police are currently working on boarding up the damaged windows too. Councillor Anita Oakley has also visited the scene and spoke to our colleagues at KMTV. I'm absolutely appalled to see uh, the contents of the shop spilling over the forecourt and uh, the shop has been um, rammed by a, a vehicle and uh, it's gone right into the shop, reversed in. I've, I've never heard of anything like that going on and uh, certainly not round here and uh, everyone will be most inconvenient because lots of people come here and do their sort of top-up shopping and uh, it's really inconvenient. Police have told the podcast that a stolen black Land Rover was left at the scene with its engine still running. It's believed the suspects left in a second vehicle described as a black or grey Jaguar. Inquiries are still going on to see what was stolen. You can see pictures and video of the damage at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. The family of a former Kent schoolgirl found dead at a property in Kettering have described her as a beautiful person, both inside and out. 22-year-old Maddie durden Hollenby was discovered by Northamptonshire Police on Friday, along with her boyfriend Benjamin Green, who was 41. She previously studied at the Abbey School in Faversham. No arrests have been made and detectives aren't looking for anyone else as part of their investigation. A Kent woman's been arrested after an Extinction Rebellion protest at St Paul's Cathedral in London. 16 members of Christian Climate Action took part in a demonstration on Sunday urging the Church of England to stop investing in fossil fuels. Activists are expected to continue causing disruption in the capital this week. Well, the issue of climate change is going to be discussed on the lowdown tonight, so we're asking on our socials if you think you're doing your part. Here are some of the responses so far on Facebook. Well, Steve Burrows says, well, my car spends 99% of its time on the drive as I also walk and cycle. The heat is set low. I rarely throw food away and haven't flown in decades. Foreign trips over the last few years have been under sale. I spent a career working in public transport. Most of all, though, my extended family has more than halved in size from my grandparents' generation to my grandchildren's generation. 
Isabel adds avoiding meat and dairy is the single biggest way to reduce your impact on earth. You can also vote in our Twitter poll. We want to know, are you more concerned about climate change than you were a year ago? You can find out the result on the lowdown via our Facebook Live tonight from 6. It's feared pedestrians are being put at risk because of a dangerous junction in Canterbury. The busy crossroads outside Waitrose and Premier Inn is not fully controlled by traffic lights and it's claimed people have little option but to try their luck when crossing. Councillors are calling for immediate action to redesign the layout. Dozens of businesses in a part of Kent say jobs and livelihoods are at risk if a multi-billion pound theme park gets the go-ahead. Now, around 140 companies in Swanscombe and Northfleet are on land that London resort bosses say is needed for the attraction. Despite the promise of new jobs, many existing firms say they'll be forced to close for good or have to relocate. Denise Lee is from Blazon Fabrications based on the Northfleet Industrial Estate. She says moving out would be tough. We have a extremely loud and noisy uh, working factory uh, where we are making noise all day long. Um, on this kind of industrial estate, it doesn't matter. Um, there isn't anywhere around here that can offer us a site such as this. They're not taking into account the impact that it's having on our smaller businesses and we may be small, but we do have an impact on uh, the, the commercial world. A spokesman for the London Resort says they've always asked for feedback and held three public consultations. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. Next today, and a Faversham mum is calling for quicker ADHD assessments after waiting five years for her teenage daughter to be diagnosed. Katie's behaviour was dismissed as her just being naughty throughout secondary school and her family are concerned it impacted her learning. Here's her mum, Louise. It's taken from year seven to year 11 to get a diagnosis. So the whole of her schooling, she was told she was naughty, put into isolation a lot of the time um, because people won't recognise it unless there's a diagnosis. So. It's been a real, real big fight to get where I need to be with her for her to get her education. But unfortunately, she's now left school and she's going to college, which is great. Um, but it's been a constant fight to get the support that she needs. And the waiting lists in Faversham now are, are about five years. Wow. And when did you first sort of notice that something potentially there was a diagnosis that needed to be made? I think when she was in primary, she was very excitable. She was told she was quirky. Oh, that's just Katie. Told she was quirky. Um, oh, and then I thought it would change when she gets to secondary and she calmed down a little bit. Got to secondary and it was still the same. And then I thought, right, okay, I think there's an issue. The first referral was done in year seven. Um, and then it's just been a constant fight since, so, yeah. Why do you think there are so many problems in finally getting? With girls especially, um, it's very different to, there's a fine line for the, there's an issue or they are just an excitable child. Um, so you've got to have so many different um, assessments and things to pack it up so that you can get what you need. Um, yes, yeah, so it's 
it's just been that constant and there's no support. Like I said, there's no support unless you get this diagnosis. So for Katie, her five years of secondary school have been wasted. There are thought to be at least 21,000 adults on waiting lists for ADHD services. We've also been chatting to Hayley Forrest, who's an independent special educational needs specialist based in Sittingbourne. At the moment, I think the, the, the biggest wait time seems to be the teenage kind of section, the adolescents. Because what's happened is, what happens when a child um, reaches 11 or finishes primary school, the assessment process changes slightly and you move from a paediatrician across to CAMS, now known as NAUFT. So it's a, a, a professional body that was already saturated really sadly because of the nature of the world that we live in and, and things that have gone on recently have meant that we are now, we have an influx of children being referred into an already saturated service. Um, so the wait time can be quite long once children kind of hit those teenage years. And actually, that's, I've had the most teenagers referred to me than ever before in the past 18 months. And I think that's probably the nature of what's been going on um, worldwide. So the wait time can be anything up to maybe three years, I'm hearing from parents. But the initial contact is always there. So it isn't, it isn't a bleak, bleak picture. It isn't that you don't see anybody at all for three years. Um, I think the first contact has to be within about the first 13 weeks of somebody, receive, somebody at their department receiving a referral. So... And then it's kind of information gathering and then going onto the waiting list for the assessments, the right assessments and gathering information from schools, etc. Some of the teenagers I'm working with aren't in school. So that in itself poses a bit of a problem when we need educational advice um, on kind of how children cope in, in a mainstream setting if they're not attending one. So that's sometimes when parents get me involved to maybe go and visit them at home and look at what they're doing in terms of homeschooling and how they're coping and to write independent reports to kind of feed into the overall process. So I think that the teenage sector is the one where we're really probably at crisis at the moment. But again, as I say, it is a little bit inconsistent because it does seem that some, some seem to go a little bit quicker than others and I'm really not sure why. And I know that there are staffing issues as always within the teams themselves. So they're kind of fighting a battle their end as well to get as many children seen as possible. Three people have been treated in hospital following an attack at a caravan park in Thanet. Police were called to the Fox Hunter Park in Moncton where they were injured on Saturday. A man in his 30s who was arrested has been released on bail. A Dartford man's been banned from keeping dogs for five years after his elderly Staffy was discovered in a bad condition. The pet named Mercedes was found unable to move on the kitchen floor of a property on Kirby Road by an RSPCA inspector in April. 35-year-old Alexander Boyd, who's also been given a suspended prison sentence, has been ordered to pay £500 in costs. A Chatham woman's warning people to be careful after she was targeted by a postcode lottery scam. The 79-year-old received two letters telling her she'd won £750,000 and asking her to send personal details so she could pick up her win. She realised it was a fake and reported it to Action Fraud. Kent Online reports. A comedian has teamed up with the University of Kent to support people recovering from eating disorders. NHS figures seen by the podcast show the number of teenagers being admitted to hospital in England has increased by nearly 50% since the start of the pandemic. Well, Dave Chawner suffered from anorexia as a teenager and has now set up a series of online interactive workshops to help others. 
He's been speaking to Ishmael and says comedy for coping will teach people how to overcome it and break down stigmas. For me, when I was going through the anorexia, a lot of people didn't really know how to talk with me. A lot of my mates stopped playing jokes on me. They stopped playing pranks. They stopped treating me like they normally would. And I think a lot of people feel that because people don't want to say the wrong thing. But unfortunately, that is isolating in and of itself. So actually what we're trying to do with this course is give people tangible, real world coping mechanisms. We're not telling people that they have to get out a yoga mat every time that they feel a little bit, you know, sort of triggered. That we're not telling people that they have to go and realign their chakras. These are things that you can do in offices, in school environments, out and about while you're shopping. These are really tangible ways of breaking things down and making them manageable. And that is ultimately what we are trying to do is to help people cope when things seem a little bit overwhelming. I suspect there's still quite a a stigma around uh, people who have eating disorders. And obviously, uh, fundamentally, people not understanding what that is, how it happens, why someone is suffering in that way. Exactly. And this is the thing with mental health. We always say just talk, which is brilliant if you know what you want to say. But my problem when I was going through my own mental health problems was that I didn't know what I wanted to say. I didn't know what I needed, because if I knew what was wrong, I would have sorted it out myself. And the problem is day to day depression, anorexia, eating disorders can become your normality. So this is hopefully to provide a little bit of levity in order to get some perspective on people's mental health and realize, oh yeah, you know what, I might be really struggling around meal times or around body issues or around socializing. That is the first step on a long journey to recovery and yeah there is a lot of stigma and that manifests in different ways equally people not wanting to say the wrong thing and I think there's a robustness to comedy that's really helped break down those things and also something that's really important to say as well is no matter what class no matter what background no matter what ethnicity gender race you are everybody likes to laugh and that's why this is a brilliant way of engaging hard to reach groups such as men or trans communities or people from minority ethnic backgrounds or more mature patients that perhaps might also also get overlooked in traditional methods. It's a great way of engaging those in order to help them get better. Councillors in Medway have had their basic pay increased by nearly 3%. Members now get an allowance of almost £10,600. That's about £300 more than the last financial year. Travel expenses have gone down because of more virtual meetings during the pandemic. Earlier this year, bosses approved a 5% rise in council tax for the towns. A 200-year-old school in Thanet is going to be demolished to make way for a new one. The Royal School for Deaf Children in Margate closed in 2015 and now permission's been granted to knock it down. A modern secondary school called Park Crescent Academy is due to be built in its place. 
It'll cater for 900 pupils and is due to open in September 2023. Charles Darwin's former holiday home in Ramsgate has gone up for sale. The Grade 2 listed Georgian townhouse has a blue plaque dedicated to the so-called father of evolution, as well as six bedrooms and panoramic sea views. It's on the market for almost £900,000 and you can see pictures of the inside at Kent Online. And while you're on the site, you can read the fascinating story about a tailor from Dover who went on to found Australia's £350 million wine industry. Richard Hamilton is believed to have been involved in smuggling before heading with his family for a new life near Adelaide. The vineyard he started is still run by his ancestors. Kent Online Sport. Football and as we didn't have a podcast yesterday because of the bank holiday, we will bring you reaction from Gillingham's game at the weekend, although apologies, it does seem a little bit late. They lost 2-1 at Shrewsbury Town on Saturday despite Jack Tucker taking the lead for the Jills in the first half. Let's hear then from boss Steve Evans. Hard to take really over the 90, I think for... 30 minutes we're in total command of the game, total command. And um, probably their good good goalkeeping and a few uh, lucky breaks in their favour. Kept the score at 1-0. I thought we dominated. We got a bit sloppy before half-time. We spoke about having to be careful. Young Daniel was on a booking. Um, he didn't get involved in a little tackle and you're thinking, hmm, OK. So we, we took him off and made the change. Listen, they're always going to put you under pressure when they've got Cosgrove upstairs and... They talked pre-match about us being long ball. I think we've played all the football today. I think they just launched it to Big Sam. Um, I think the first goal's a clear foul on Jack Tucker. But it's a great finish. You know, you, they're special finishes for the kid when it goes in. I think then we were off the game a little bit. Um, Kyle switches off for the second goal. Boy gets a run at the box and Big Sam finishes it. It's 2-1 and, and then it's a scrap if we can get something. We made the change and we made the chance, don't we? And I leave fresh ears and middle of the six yard box from four yards out and that's that's one of the real chance that either side had after it. So not a great start to the season for Gillingham. They're 16th in the League One table with just one win from their five games of the season so far. They're actually not back in action until next Tuesday night when they travel to take on Colchester United in the EFL Trophy. And Kent's Will Bailey is through to the semi-finals of the team at table tennis event at the Tokyo Paralympics. The 33-year-old from Tunbridge Wells has beaten his Australian opponents in the doubles and singles matches in the quarterfinals. He's already won silver in his individual event at the Games. Well, thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram plus you can subscribe to the im news app that will give you access to all km group newspapers to do it just head to subsaver.co.uk news you can trust this is the kent online podcast this podcast is sponsored by blue butterfly the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on earl street maidstone bluebutterfly.co.uk